Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode number 241 overall, but it's the second episode of season six. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we also have with us our favorite contributor. It is the Cinch. Hello. Gentlemen, the most important episode of the year is upon us, the running backs episode. I thought you were going to say tight ends. <laughs> nope. The actual most important episode of the entire year. Every year I go back and I look back and I'm like, what was our most listened to episode this season? And every year it's our running back preview. So the most important episode of the year, the most important episode possibly of your fantasy career. But first, we begin where we always begin. Gentlemen, what are you drinking? Let's start with our guest. Sage, what do you got to drink tonight? Here, wait. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, that was a good sound. Ooh, I heard okay. that. There we go. I was worried for a second. Oh, that came in nice and clear. What do you got? I, uh, I was looking through the back region of the refrigerator, and I found something that always happens every year with me. I get so much pumpkin beer <laughs> that I end up having it in August. It floats so to the back. I, I have a gift from Craig. This is a pumpkin nitro. Oh. It's the last can I had. Uh, yeah, you brought this over. I think we were watching football that day. And, and I think that's when you Britt showed up. In a, was that when Britt showed up in a Santa hat? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, that just goes to show how old this beer is. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, Southern Tier Brewing Pumpkin Nitro. It's very, 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 very good. Good. Great. For those of you who don't know, Craig only buys pumpkin beers in in months that end in B E R. So, mm. but that means any month that ends in b-e-r if it's december and he sees a pumpkin beer he wants he will go buy it mm-hmm. but yep, yep. it will not get it will not get drunk before the first of september on any given year which kills me because right now today <laughs> is the 20th of july we are about three or four weeks away from rosemary's baby crazy out. isn't it Craziness. right i hope you have the i hope you have the music queued up because you're gonna need to insert it right there <laughs> So, because I, I can't hear it when he plays the music. Craig probably has already played it twice, and I just can't hear it. But, all right, Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, so, for me, I have a beer that you gave me. Uh, this is Geriatric Kittens Take Miami Ooh, Beach. Good. So This is a part of the Baby kitch, baby Kittens line from Fat Cat. Uh, or, is it Orange Cat? Is it Fat Orange Cat? Fat, fat Orange Cat Brewing. Yep, yep. And the Baby Kittens is like their basic New England IPA. And every time they do a variation, they change. And, and the, kit, the, the, the can is just a bunch of cats, it like, is. sitting there. <laughs> and Baby Kittens is just a bunch of baby kittens. But then they did uh, a, a sharper version they called Teenage Kittens. And it was just a whole bunch of, like, they were all in, like, grunge caps and stuff like that. This one, Geriatric, the can was hysterical. One of them is sitting in a wife beater, just kind of like in a lounge chair. The other one of them's walking around with a um, a metal detector. Yeah, one has a map. <laughs> yep. One's the, like yep, a paper the metal map. detector. One of them is putting, um, I guess, suntan lotion on the other one. <laughs> yep. So it's just hysterical what they do with their their can art. I, I I really I really like that. So have you had this yet? You haven't tried it yet. No, I have not. I have not. All right. So well, give us the right live now. taste test. Let's go. All right. Let's I'm curious. Here. I like this. I, mm-hmm. I I'm not sure if you will. Ooh. I think I have one can of this left. Hmm. Wow, that changes quick. Yeah, but don't worry. It evens out. It evens <clears throat> out. Yeah, there it goes. It definitely, like, you drink it, it's really smooth, and then all of a sudden it starts to, like, have that bite and, like, dry your mouth out, but not completely. Yep. And then it kind of yep. mellows out, like you said. That So what I said to Christy when I tried this beer was it's like standing on the front porch in Arizona and you see a dust storm is coming. <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap, this is going to be really bad. And then the dust storm just kind of drops off in front of your house and doesn't affect you at all. That's how the dryness is like. You're like, oh, God, it's getting dry. It's getting really dry. Oh, wait, it's not that dry anymore. Okay, yeah, that was weird. Because there's some beers that will completely dry out your mouth. Oh, and yeah. you just have to keep drinking it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I am drinking um, diet soda tonight. I had a lovely can of Road to Ruin. It's it's sitting in the fridge, chilling still. But uh, I've been dealing with some anxiety issues today. So um, as we all know, that if you give Britt a beer when he's got anxiety issues, he usually ends up in standing on the bed at 2 a.m. saying that the aliens are outside. So to avoid the anxiety becoming a panic attack, uh, let's let's just stick to the diet soda tonight. All right, gentlemen. 
Burning hot takes. Who wants to go first? I'll open it to the floor. Craig does. Craig All is right. going to go first. Okay. Uh, so for me, this actually has to do with a quarterback. Okay. Um, the 49ers have given Mr. Garoppolo's agents permission to seek a trade. Oh, Do you, you think he actually gets traded this season? Like, is he going to play for another play and start for another team this year? And if so, who? I refuse to answer your question because that was mine. Ha <laughs> ha! That was that, so now. So now I'm literally scouring. I'm scouring, looking for something else to ask so you about. You should have went first. I should have went first. Didn't yes. we talk about that last episode? No, not officially. Like now, it's official. He can seek a trade. Yeah. The, we were the just permission to guessing. seek a trade is new. Yes. Well, he's going to get traded. And I'll throw a random bizarro team out there. The Detroit Lions. Okay. I, I don't that's, have a reason. That's because you, you don't have like Goff. Mr. Goff. And you ruined his career in the Super Bowl. He's and you just broken. want him out of the NFL. No, he could stay in. Just stand behind somebody. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Did I, I get um, my head? I'm hearing birds. Is anybody else hearing a tweet? That might be outside. Okay. There's like birds yeah, like I right outside my uh, window. I, I even with it, it even with it closed. It. <laughs> so it's, enjoy. It's, it's it's part of our new ASMR thing. <laughs> we're we're bringing you calming sounds of the wilderness outside Craig's house. Yep. <laughs> this is NPR. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Um, so I think he does get traded. I don't know if I don't know if Detroit's a landing spot for him. I think it's kind of fascinating that this kind of conversation is coming out to the media now as we're getting closer and closer to hearing about what Deshaun Watson might be looking at. Um, I mean, I'm I'm hearing anywhere in the realm of eight I'm hearing eight-ish games. And, uh, you know, if I'm Cleveland, Jimmy Garoppolo's not the worst-looking thing on two legs right now if I got to serve eight games. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think he will be traded Who, where he goes and what he does. I, I, he'll definitely be a backup somewhere. He's, I don't think he's going to get another opportunity to start unless there's an injury involved. So what do you think, Craig? Is he, is he going to get traded or is he going to get stuck in San Francisco's <clears throat> backup hell? Um, yeah, because I'm, I don't think the 49ers are going to trade him to Seattle. I mean, it would make sense for him to go there, but they're not going to trade him to someone. No, you know, they won't trade division. him into the division. Um, Absolutely not. You know, maybe off, like, and I know you're, I know you're driving th this train for this quarterback, but. Oh God, here we go. Maybe, maybe the Giants. I could see it. I'm, I'm off the Daniel Jones train. You're officially off. You're, you're not even well, in a I car. <laughs> what did I rank him last? What did I rank him last week? I'm looking. I don't. Remember. I have him at twentieth. I'm still the highest out of our group, <laughs> but I have him at twentieth. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think that's you know I don't think that would consider be being on the train. But so okay, all right. I think uh, you're holding on to the back of the train, <laughs> and all of us are off the train. I'm. That's you're on the the edge of the train. I'm staying just close enough to the train to grab onto it if I think it's going to go somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, the train is not moving very fast. No, no, this is not a hard train to keep up with. <laughs> it's like a, it's so, like one of those old-timey steam trains you take, you know, on a little yes. trip. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so, um, all right, so I'll go next. So I, I had to just do this on the fly, so if it's a crappy question, I'm sorry. Um, so... One, I'm always fascinated with players who decide they need more money, which is we saw a lot of this offseason, which is why Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill both have new homes. The latest one to start talking about how much money he gets paid is Darren Waller in uh, L.A. Waller signed a four-year, $29.8 million extension in 2019. Now, he has vastly played, outplayed that since. Uh, he's second only to Kelsey in receptions and receiving yards the last three years. Is $29.8 million for four years isn't exactly a small amount of money for a tight end. Should the Raiders be looking to renegotiate now, or should they be waiting till next year when he's into the last year of this deal? Either of you, you can want, talk. You want to go first, Inch? 
I will go first. Okay. They they absolutely should. Okay. I'm not saying the Raiders are Super Bowl contenders, but if they were to be Super Bowl contenders with the new coach, the best receiver in the game, adding that to what they already had, they can't add to lose. And he's produced. He's mostly healthy. I mean, the Rams have showed us the contracts, the caps. It means nothing. Throw mm-hmm. money at him. It's fine. When the next guy needs money, you throw money at him too. It's okay. Cap is crap. I'm done. I think I, I'm just going to call Cinch out as biased here because we, <laughs> uh, we all know that David Carr is his dark horse candidate for MVP, and he needs Darren Waller to be happy. I'm just pushing that out there so That's one true. of you three guys will draft Carr. That's true. It's yeah, probably going to be it's probably going to be Sean because if you mention someone as Sean enough, he will draft him. Oh my God, we used the word Ronald Jones like three times in in, in like the course of a month, and last year he was like Ronald Jones going to have a breakout year. Leonard Fournette is old and dead. <laughs> Did you know who Ronald Jones was like a week ago? <laughs> oh my God, don't even get me started. So so by the way, just just for yes, Sean is normally a part of this conversation. He had a family conflict tonight. He could not be with us. He is fine. Everybody is fine. I am going to rain merciless hell upon him <laughs> when we get to the rankings because he committed the cardinal sin of group rankings, which is you do not ever put a common last name without some sort of indicator. Smith. Particularly when Damian Harris and Najee Harris are two different people and you decided to rank them both. Fortunately, I know he's smart enough that when he put one in the top 10 and he put one at like 30, that who was who? But I was like, what? And then he just writes Walker. Who the hell is Walker? He's a Texas Ranger. That's exactly. Right? So I text him, who the hell is Walker? And he wrote the rookie. <laughs> so his and name is Rookie Walker. And I didn't respond right away, and he must have realized, man, that's not helping him. So he wrote the rookie from Seattle. And I went, I still don't know who the hell we're talking about. Does he mean about. that this he's from man. Seattle or he's playing for Seattle? <laughs> yeah, did he go to school there? Did he play for University of Washington? Is he playing in Seattle? Did he grow up there? I don't know what that means. He's so I said to him to help you look him up because he can't remember the first name either. <laughs> well, that's it. I said to him, finally, does this man have a first name or is he like Madonna? Is he simply known as Walker? Because I kind of need something here. And then like 20 minutes later, he sent me the first name. But by then I'd already closed out the rankings. I'm like, screw it. So you guys can see this at the bottom of the sheet ranked very dead last because he's the only person who put him on the sheet is Walker, the rookie from Seattle. That, there I, it is. There, yep, I see it. There it is. Folks, don't ever sit there and go, you know who I'm going to draft next? Jones. <laughs> okay, just just don't do that. And don't do it to a guy who invites you to his podcast and wants your rankings on his podcast. Give me goddamn full names. Can you just give me an initial? That would give help. An... That would help. <laughs> N. Harris and D. Harris are two different people. I can figure that out. Okay, moving on. Cinch, you're burning hot take. What do you got for us tonight? Okay, my burning hot take question you almost touched on before. Deshaun Watson. Okay. Will, will the NFL, will, will the community, will the fans, the sponsors, the fellow players, the people in Cleveland, will they accept if he gets an eight-game suspension? Or will this be backlash like crazy and sponsors dropping out and a big problem? I think it's the big problem no matter how you slice it because one of the things you just did there in that question, which I like a lot, is you went with many different angles. This is not just about the fans or the sponsors. or the, It's about all these different people that interact with the, 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 the sphere of influence, for lack of a better term, of an athlete. So I think there's multiple answers to this. The team is going to be upset if he misses a single game. There's no way around that. We all know that. So I don't really care what the Cleveland Browns think at this point. The fans, if he shows up on, let's assume it's eight games. If he shows up on game nine and he goes out there and he dominates, they're not going to care what happened in games one through eight. Well, I think the thing that you know is going to happen is whatever game he shows up, the Cleveland fans are going to give him a standing ovation. And I don't knock the Cleveland fans because I think just about any fan base 
that had no quarterback and no winning forever would do the same thing. So this isn't knocking Cleveland. It's just a matter of I don't think eight games is anywhere near enough. I agree. I, I think it, you too. start with a year and maybe two years. So yeah. I agree. I but know. I, I'll, I'll, I, but I, I want to do different. You do remember this team did win a playoff game in 2021. Yes, but looking back at it now, isn't that like fluky? Do you look at Cleveland and say, boy, they're going to be tough? I don't. I did, going into last season, I thought they were going to well, no. be way better than they were. Well, and then I'm saying, and they didn't perform. And now this year, we're another year further down the line. You're going to have a new quarterback, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't look at Cle. I, I look at them. Maybe they win nine, eight, nine, maybe ten. Best case scenario. I don't look at them as a, a serious winning their division kind of team. Well, they're in the division with Baltimore and Cincy. I mean, if you put them in the NFC South. Um, yeah, I would, I would have, or the NFC East, I'd have a cheerier outlook. Yes. But yeah, if you they put can't them in the that. NFC, <laughs> if you put them in the NFC, they're probably a playoff team. Let's just, let's just say it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I, I see that. I think, I think that you're going to have positive and negative responses regardless of whatever you get here. And I do, you know, protesters are going to show up because it's, it's, it's a human rights issue for some people. Um, and, and people, the people who think he got too much are going to be vocal. And the people who think he got too little are going to be vocal. And no matter what we do and what we see, we're going to see a swift response to this. Craig, what do you got? Uh, same thing. I agree with essentially the, the two to eight games is just stupidness. It should be a year. Like they originally were projecting at least. Um, and I don't know this the Browns are just so terribly mismanaged. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculous. And Cinch was right, like the Texans made a giant I think the Texans saw this coming and sort of hid it from everyone and they made that trade and now they seem really smart. Um, and you know what? No one is mentioning the Texans anymore. They're saying Watson, the Browns. Nobody nope. mentions the Texans. No, it and just came up had... uh, I think it came up once that they were like, you know, giving him like hotel rooms or something, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, no, this is, yeah, it's ahead. just, it's just, I don't know. It's just a really stupid, not a, I'm, that's the wrong word to use in the, in the NFL portion of it. It just shows that the NFL just kind of makes up stuff as they go along, which makes them look stupid. That's where I was going with that. Um, it, in, in order to avoid problems, they are literally letting the inmates run the asylum on this. 10, 15 years ago, did you think Michael Vick got to hold a meeting with the commissioner and say, listen, here's what I'll accept, and here's what I think you should give me, and here's what we won't challenge you on? No. This has been this has been a recent development in like the last seven or eight years. No, no. Where This year. This year, it's the new rule where the commissioner doesn't just come up with the ruling. It's negotiated. But it's happened before that, too. It happened with Brady where they said, we're going to give him this, and he, they talked him down They talked them down from a number. So even when it wasn't a rule, it happened. But it didn't happen 10, 15, 20 years ago. It just was, here it is, appeal it if you want to appeal it, but here's my ruling. And now all of a sudden, we went from, okay, we're going to look at specific cases based on the situation, to, okay, now the rule is, let's all get together and decide how bad a person you actually are. And right. that's that's insane to me. And then and then for, again, for the people who are saying, well, the, the grand jury didn't find anything. That's a whole separate thing that has nothing to do with what's going on here. <laughs> let let me tell you guys something. All right. So inside of what I do, and I talk very little about what I do for a business, but part of it is internal investigations. And I have had at least two situations in the three years I've done internal investigations for the company I work with where you have, they have violated a state law that is not criminal, but is like a consumer protection law kind of thing. But, and it clearly violated it, and the cops wouldn't touch it because it didn't meet a state statute. Breaking the law criminally is not the same as breaking the law in a kind of, I'm, looking, I'm getting the wrong word in my head. Um, it, breaking the law on the criminal basis is not always the same as not breaking the law. You can break a law. You can commit insurance fraud that violates an insurance regulation but does not meet the standard of a criminal complaint. So the fact that the grand jury came back with nothing is irrelevant to me. 
Right. It does. It, that just means there's not enough for a criminal complaint. And criminal liability is and should be the strongest burden of proof. But I have had situations where I'm like, I've handed evidence to police officers and said, here's everything I've got. The guy's guilty as hell. And then the cops look at him and go, yeah, but it doesn't meet the criminal statute. That happens. So, yeah, I'm with Craig on this. It does not matter to me that the, the grand jury was like, eh, no, we're fine. All right, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Prentific. And there's that. <laughs> I just I mean, mean the <clears throat> hatred, the hatred that Brady got because he didn't want to hand his phone over. And I know people hate Brady for many reasons that he's earned, but the hatred his, he got for his damn for avocados and he doesn't eat to tomatoes hand over his phone. And now this guy did everything that he did. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario. There is just simply no way he's innocent on 60 something accounts. Right. Exactly. There's just no way. So I guess, I, I guess I'm just curious when he comes back, is it just business as usual? He's the quarterback. Let's go. Let's go down to the, Sideline reporter and how's he handling his first? I game? think I think it, that's it, what they're going to do be because because like that. that's what the that's what the NFL is going to project. So, oh yes, think, the NFL doesn't want us to remember the bad things they've done. No, no one talks <laughs> about Kareem Hunt kicking a person in a hotel nope. in, in, a, in a hotel hallway. But Nobody talks not, talks about Tyreek Hill threatening a woman. What did Kareem Hunt get for his? He got suspension fired. Here? <laughs> Well, yeah, he got he got but, caught, but what was his actual suspension? I, I think he was suspended for the rest of the season, but I don't know when that happened. How many games season. did that Kareem Hunt suspension? We'll do it live. Hey, Eight looking games. back, looking back on it now, who cares? You know. Well, that's what the league wants from us, right? It was eight games. There's videotape of him walking into a hallway and kicking a woman, and he got eight games. How many twenty plus allegations of sexual misconduct? At Shouldn't least they be eight games each. He should be out for ten years, in theory. <laughs> and if you want to, if you well, want to, if you, know you want to go down to, if you want to go down to like how he settled with most of them, there's still like four, you know, pending charges or whatever. Yeah. At least okay. Then make each of those four eight games. <laughs> so there you go. But you know what? Just that he just <clears throat> because he settled with them. Oh doesn't yeah, doesn't mean it's it's a okay, no problem. Oh yeah, exactly. Doing that. Hey, it's let's just, move on to the rankings. It's paid to go away. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of paying to go away, I'm going to pay you both with beer the next time I see you to move on to the rankings. <laughs> go away. <laughs> because ser- seriously, we we are all and, and we are we all take slightly different tags on this or approaches to this, but we're all pretty much of the same mind. This this whole situation stinks, and it just keeps getting worse. Yes. So, you know what is getting worse? The running back rankings. Let's jump right in. I'm going to give you our top 10. Here is, including Sean's ranking, Sean is not here to defend himself, so by all means, feel free to go nuts on him when when the, is appropriate. We all have the consensus number one of Jonathan Taylor. I want to apologize to Jonathan Taylor right now. Our consensus number ones never pan out as the number one. We Past recipients of this have incre- included, included Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Oh, boy. It is Protect your knees, man. Protect your knees. It, it is the kiss of death, so I want to apologize to Jonathan Taylor. Coming in at number two for us is Derrick Henry. This is where we have a li- our first point of contention, and I'm sorry he's not here, but Sean has Henry at seven. He is not a big Derrick Henry guy this year, and that'll be interesting. We can talk about that in a minute. Coming at number three is Austin Eckler. Why is Austin Eckler number three? Because I don't have any faith in Austin Eckler, and I have him rated low. Coming in number four is Christian McCaffrey. Craig has him very low. Sean has him all the way up at three. Number five is Dalvin Cook. Cinch Cinch is the lowest of us all on Dalvin Cook, so we'll ask him why in a minute. Coming at number six, because Craig's a homer, is Joe Mixon. Every single person on this podcast, except Craig, has Joe Mixon at six. Craig will tell you where he is when we get to there. Number seven is Najee Harris. Number eight is Aaron Jones. Number nine is Alvin Kamara. And number 10 is DeAndre Swift. Let's start with the oddball numbers. Craig, I want to start with you. You got McCaffrey all the way down at eight. You got Mixon all the way up at two. I do. What what are I you am, smoking? So I am looking at the teams that they are on and their injury history. And I know Joe Mixon has had ankle issues. And Christian McCaffrey, since I've and I've drafted him multiple times in different leagues, 
Christian McCaffrey has multiple injury issue histories. That multiple injury <laughs> history. There we go. Uh huh. <clears throat> He's has a new Easy quarterback. <laughs> yeah. He he has a new quarterback, and I just don't trust the like the history of injuries that he's had. Um, it's just, I don't think he's as durable as he once was. And that's just, and then you look at Joe Mixon. Yes. He's had ankle issues, but he has a completely new offensive line. So I think that is going to shoot Mixon up and you should get your tickets for the train again. All right. So since I want to ask you this point blank, and then I want to ask you about your rankings in particular, you have McCaffrey at four and you have Mixon at six. If McCaffrey no. and Mixon are both on the board and like say the fourth pick overall and you're up, would you would you take McCaffrey over Joe Mixon? I'm sorry, you Ooh. had him at five and six. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's tough. <laughs> if you take McCaffrey and he's healthy, he will be the number one running back for the, the end of the season. Yeah, but how long will he be healthy is the question. But see that that's <laughs> it's that's a major the question. question. That's why I ranked Cook lower than you guys because I don't think he could stay healthy. So that's where I was going to go next. So you still have health concerns about Dalvin Cook. Well, he's earned it. Same thing that's with McCaffrey. True. Every year they, these guys get hurt. I don't blame them. It's a tough position, but they, they get hurt. Now, to be fair, Dalvin Cook did play 13 games in 2021. So he did miss four games. In 2020, he missed two games. And in 2019, he missed two games. So over the last three seasons, he's only missed a combined eight games out of, what is that, 16, 16, 32, 49. We would have to look it up, but I feel like Dalvin Cook doesn't finish games consistently. But let me, I let can work me, on that. You talk. Let me answer your question of why am I uh, not high on Cook. Mm-hmm. Because I've had him these past years in one league or another, and he screws me every time <laughs> by getting hurt. You know, it, it's not like it, it costs nothing to get him. I'm trading really high to get him. Mm-hmm. I'm drafting in the first round to get him. And if he's going to get hurt in week 13 and miss 13, 14, and 15, or 12, 13, and 14, like the most important fantasy football weeks, mm-hmm. it just doesn't help me at all. I don't need a guy who's going to give me a 45 one week and a six the next. I need consistency. And you know what? That, that's, ex- that's a great point because he, he's absolutely right on that. So you guys both brought two really good points to the table on this one, which, which is Craig was like, I feel like he doesn't finish games and it, it hurts his, his fantasy value. And Cinch is like, I need consistency. So, I, so games one and two last year, he had 20 touches, then 22 touches. Then he's out game three. Game four, nine touches. He's inactive for game five, so he misses two of the first five games, and the one game he, one of the games he plays, he's only got nine touches. He but might that, as well been inactive. That's three exactly. weeks in a row right there. <laughs> That's nine for 34, you know? So then he comes back, and he's got 29 touches, 18 touches, 17 touches, 24, 22. He has a nice stretch of five games where he's got at least 17 touches a game. And then on week 11 against San Francisco, he's got 10 touches, and lo and behold, the next week, he's out. So again, it comes down to finishing games, right? So we have two games right off the bat: uh, the game game four against Cleveland and game twelve or game eleven against San Francisco, where he clearly didn't finish and he was out the next week. He comes back after another one week absence, and he goes twenty seven carries and twenty eight carries. He goes into the game, the fifteenth game in week sixteen, and he sits out because Minnesota apparently is he was not inactive; he just was a DNP, which says to me they didn't have enough to put him on the injury list, but they didn't want to use him because they knew they were drawing dead. The week after that, nine carries. Week 17, 14 carries. So to your guys' point, there is one, two, three, four games where he had 15 or fewer carries in addition to four games missed. That's essentially half the season he becomes useless. Yeah, I mean, he's great for best ball. (laughs) He will put up enough points... So that if he does the same thing again, he's a top 10 running back. Mm -hmm. So where we rank these guys and where we draft them are different. Yeah, I I can see that. I want to ask you guys too, moving, moving forward on some of the, some of these guys are givens. Like I'm down on Austin Eckler, but that's because I hate the chargers. I'm going to be openly honest about it. I think the chargers are a one man team. I think Eckler has a lot of capability, but I also think Eckler is, I, 
I just don't see it. I don't see him outside of just being a pass catching back. So I rank him down a little bit. But like the rest of our top ten, like Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, we've talked about, talked about Cook and Najee Harris had a fantastic year. We gotta rank him up there. Aaron Jones has still been number nine. Alvin Kamara is fascinating to me. I want to ask each of you. Alvin Kamara also has the potential specter of a suspension looming over him. Did you rank him lower this year because of the looming suspension or because you have concerns about Kamara on New Orleans or either? Uh, I ranked him that low. I ranked him 11th. Um, I ranked him that low because of both reasons. There's a combination of the two. Yeah, because you're a Kamara stan. I, you, I am. I am. High. And it's starting the 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 Kamara um, bus is starting to rust a little bit for me. Uh, you know, he is going to have those, he might have a suspension. He's had some off field issues and the, Mm -hmm. the saints are just in this weird gray area. Like they're not terrible. Their defense is still okay. And they're, I don't know what their offense is anymore. And I feel like he, when they were doing the two running back, um, you know, committee thing, like he, he was amazing because they were able Mm -hmm. to switch him in out and, you know, mix up plays but him being the feature back and then the defense is knowing that he's going to get the ball. It just, I just feel like it didn't work a lot of the time. So, okay. Sanchez, are you worried about the Camara suspension or you just think that there's other factors? I think the saints are a playoff team. Now that's not saying a lot because the NFC has about five legitimate playoff teams and the rest are going to be, (laughs) who knows, you know? Uh, Well, I don't think they win the the division because I think the bucks will. Right, but, but it's still a weak division. Other than the Bucks, there really isn't much yeah. to worry about. Well, that's, you know, a lot of easy wins there. Mm-hmm. I just think the suspension is going to bring him down. He's going to miss games because of that. Then when he comes back, if he does have an injury, that's when maybe he would even drop out of the top 10. Right. But I, I'm not sure his contract status, but he's coming up on that part where he's looking for the second contract. So whether it's after this season, after next season, whatever, mm-hmm. he, he's looking for that second contract. I think they have a solid, good team. So I ranked them ninth. He came in ninth. That's where I think he belongs. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip the scales a little bit here and ask a, a, a quick follow-up question here. So one of the things that's interesting about this, and I was listening to this on The Guru the other morning, if these charges are dropped – or he pleads out of them, whatever happens. And and there is a chance still, I didn't even look at the specific charges, but there is still a chance from what I'm hearing that these charges might just be outward, outly, outright dropped. There we go. Words are hard. If these charges are outright dropped, that is when the NFL would act based on its conduct policy. <laughs> there's, also, there's also a possibility that the lawyers try to drag this into 2023. They make the argument that it's not fair to him to be tried while he's doing this high-profile work. And if a judge is sympathetic, he may sit there and go, okay, the trial's going to be during the offseason, in which case the NFL is not going to touch it because they they don't like to touch active cases when they can avoid it. That's part of the reason why they haven't acted on Watson yet is because there's still some open cases with Watson. So my question to you, if tomorrow I told you the case has been continued to next year. There is no chance of a suspension. Does Kamara move up your list and how far? Uh, for me, since I had him lowest out of the four of us, I'd probably move him <clears throat> Excuse me, to the same, to nine where, where the three of you have him at the most. So two spots for you. Yes. Cinch, do you move Kamara up if there's no jeopardy of uh, a suspension? I could see him going anywhere from four to seven. That's where I have him. Yeah, so about two spots-ish for you-ish. Yeah, I I would probably have him at six right behind Dalvin Cook, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's so... This so our, my advice to you folks listening to this is watch the Alvin Kamara thing carefully. If you get the draft day and there's there's the, the this this whole thing has been pushed into next year, he's a he might be a value. Last person I want to talk about really quick is, I, I believe it or not, we are already starting running behind schedule. Number 10, DeAndre Swift. Sean isn't here to defend himself, but he had DeAndre Swift all the way up at eight. Is Swift 
a buy candidate for you or a sell candidate? Because I'm going to say number 11 is Leonard Fournette and number 12 is Nick Chubb. And only Craig has Swift in the last position among those three. I'm looking where Cinch. Yeah, Cinch has Swift in the Swift in the middle. Are you guys buying on the DeAndre Swift thing? Is he a value at 10? I feel like that's overpricing him personally. Uh, I think I, if you get him between 10 and 12, um, it's the it's a good spot for him. Okay. Because of the team, he's like he does catch a lot, but he is on the Lions. And like Cinch, I want the Lions to do well, but you know they're the Lions still right now. Since <laughs> since are you buying DeAndre Swift as a first rounder? No, I agree with everything Craig just said. It's because of the team, and also he's too small. I don't think he could stay healthy. I don't think he's a sixteen or seventeen game contributor. Mm-hmm. I and you know what? When it comes right down to it, when they're on the goal line, are they giving it to him or are they giving it to another running back? Right. Because of his size. That's a good point. All right, let's move on because we got so much to cover yet. Number 11 is Leonard Fournette, as I just mentioned. We've got Chubb at number 12. From here's point on, we don't have a whole bunch of outliers. Number 13 is David Montgomery, and that's because I am a David Montgomery stan. I swear to you, one of these days, David <laughs> Montgomery is going to have a breakout game, and I will go to my grave believing that, even though it'll probably never happen. James Conner at number 14. We have Javante Williams at 15, and we do have a little variation there. 16 is Saquon Barkley because apparently he's still in the league. 17 is Antonio (laughs) Gibson. 18 is an old former number one in Ezekiel Elliott. Number 19 is Josh Jacobs. And number 20 is Travis Etienne. So a couple things to unpack here. Let's start with the the big question mark in the room, which is Saquon Barkley. I've got Barkley at 22. I I just, I can't rank him higher than that. I want to rank him higher than that. I can't do it. Cinch has I should have I should have locked this into position. So um because now I'm scrolling down the list and I can't see all my people. I had him uh, at 14. Cinch has him at 14. Craig has him at 20. Sean has him at 13. That's so, because of his wife. We all know that. Well, Sean is married <laughs> to a Giants fan. Cinch, I want you to, because Sean isn't here, make the case for Saquon Barkley. New head coach, new offensive coordinator. They came from Buffalo. Buffalo figured things out with Allen, and I'm not saying they're going to figure things out with uh, Daniel Jones, but that's because I don't think he has talent. I think Mm -hmm. Barkley has all of the talent in the world. I think all of last season was like a a rehabbing year, and now he's a full year away from that surgery. If he stays healthy Mm -hmm. and he hasn't lost a step, and those are things that you could very easily say he's going to have that bounce-back season. I think he could bounce back. I think he he has the potential to be a top 10, maybe even a little bit uh, top 7 kind of running back. I don't think I believe it. I think that he should be about where we have him. Mm-hmm. But that's the upside of what could happen. Okay. Um, I just, I'm just going to move because I already Craig and I have already discussed this. I, we, we, I, this is injury, right? For us, that, that is what for me. It's injury. It is. The guy it's can't stay injury, on the field. It's injury and um, the team he's on, but mostly the injury part. <laughs> right. I mean, if if I if I could look into a crystal ball and tell you that he's going to play 15 to 17 games this year, it might move him up a spot on my list. But it wouldn't move him up a ton because he's still a giant, and I think they're still figuring things out. I hear Cinch's point. I just I, I've heard this before. New coach is going to change things around. I'll have to see it. Uh, that's one of those I'll have to see it to believe it. One of the things that I think is going to have to be seen to believed is Ezekiel Elliott. I've still got him at 15, but as a consensus, we have him at 18 because Cinch has him all the way down at 23, and Sean has him all the way down at... I'm not sure. Uh, Cinch has him all the way down at 19, and Sean wasn't far off. He had him at 18, so I'm the only guy who put Zeke in like the conversation as a potential RB1. He's on the edge at 15 for me. Why are you guys, obviously, Zeke has had some trouble. You don't think there's any chance to bounce back? Since you went all the way to 23, Zeke at 23? Yeah. I don't think he's the best running back on his team. Wow. I, oh. I, just, I just don't, I I, that, I don't believe anymore. <laughs> I, he's lost a step. Anytime he runs around to the outside, if he's going around the, the tackle, he's getting tackled. You know, he's not breaking free from anyone. Unless he's running, uh, you know, north to south, straight up the field in between the guard and the center or something. 
Otherwise, he's slow. Craig. Yeah, I, I don't see it. And he shares time. The, the same. I think they're going to try to utilize Pollard more, uh, especially mm-hmm. since he catches so much. And from a fantasy outlook, you know, you score receptions. So that's a big thing for me. And I think I'm starting to think Jerry Jones is regretting the contract he gave Zeke. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. They, I just think the Cowboys, <laughs> it's always going to be their year. And it really never, it never is. Um, but yeah, I agree with Cinch that, the, like, he's since he's had COVID, he just, I don't know, to me, he's just lost something, um, whatever that something is. And it's just, he's not the same anymore. I, I always love people, people who know me in real life know that I think that the, the, the stupid internet meme with the woman screaming and pointing at the cat smudge who's, who's angry <laughs> at salad. You've, everyone has seen yeah. this. There's a woman screaming and pointing. And they put up something, and then the cat says something snarky. One of my favorite ones is the woman is pointing, and she screams, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl this year. And the cat responds, only if they buy tickets. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite internet memes of all time. And that it just goes, we hear this every year. This is the year the Cowboys are putting it together this year. And someday it'll happen. Statistically, it's got to. <laughs> right. But I don't think it's this year either. You know? Um, I one real quick thing before we move on to the the the, the post twenty people. Since you have Travis ATN way lower than everybody else, is that because he's you know coming off the injury and we haven't seen him? Why no faith in Travis ATN? It's the injury. We haven't seen him being be an NFL player yet. He's on the Jags. I have no faith in them putting up a lot of touchdowns, scoring a lot of points. They have Robinson there as well, so he's sharing time. Sure. That That's just a case of I need to see it. I'd rather have someone else that I've seen do it. Fair. All right, let's talk about our next grouping. This is the 21 to 30, so this is the end of the Tier 2 uh, or, or RB2s. We got number 21 is Cam Akers, and there is some division on this. We're going to get into that in a second. Number 22 is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because uh, everyone's down on him except for me, and I'm right even though I'm a Chiefs homer. <laughs> 23 is J.K. Dobbins. 24 is Brees Hall. Number 25 for us is A.J. Dillon. Cordero Patterson, who someday will decide what position he plays, comes in at number 26. Number 27 is Miles Sanders. 28 is Melvin Gordon. 29 is Damian Harris. And then rounding out our top 30 is Tony Pollard. Um, there's a lot to unpack here, and we don't have a ton of time, but we'll do our best to do it. I am way down on Cam Akers this year. Everything I'm hearing in terms of his recovery is on track, but I, and I'm drawing a complete blank on the guy's name. There's a, a, an orthopedic doctor who comes on uh, fantasy football mornings frequently with the guru, and he is like, I am not hopeful based on what I've seen out of his recovery and out of this injury, knowing this type of injury. So I am way down on Cam Akers. Since you're a little bit higher than everybody else, what, do, are you optimistic that Cam Akers can bounce back? I don't know. I mean, you, you put him, he, he's on a team. They got rid of, uh, uh, they didn't re-sign Sony Michelle. He's gone. Mm-hmm. So it's Akers and. Oh, what's his name? The other guy who gets Robinson? Oh, why I, am I drawing a blank on Harrelson. his name? Daryl, yes. Daryl okay. Henderson. Henderson, that's it. Jeez, See, that we, only took us three minutes. <laughs> well, you know what? He's on a team that's going to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, if he's involved in the offense, I have no problem with him being uh, where, wherever we ranked him in, the, in the, you know, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. If he's out there for 16, 17 games, he'll be higher rated than that. We ranked him where we ranked him because I guess you guys don't think he'll be healthy. And that's a legitimate reason to rank him low. And this grouping has a lot of folks in that category, right? Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins is coming off of injury. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't been the same since his injury. Miles Sanders is on the injury report now, somehow, even though he hasn't touched a football. Uh, Melvin Gordon's getting... There's a lot of folks on, on, on this list that are kind of in that same, same vein. Craig, I want to jump to you because as much as I'm sitting here asking why Cam Akers is so high on Cinch's list, you've got Cordero Patterson all the way up at 18th which pushed up his ranking on our end because we had some of us didn't even list him. Sean didn't even list Cordero Patterson in his top 35. So why are you, why is, why should people believe Patterson could be a potential running back too this year? Uh, just from how he, from how they used him last season and, you know, someone has to run the ball 
um, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be him as long as he doesn't get hurt. So that's more of one of the he's going to have more touches uh, than mm -hmm. a lot of these other people in this in this range that we have them. So I think that moves him up for me. Okay. We're going to move down now to our, our last bit of our list, which is the 31 plus range. Uh, number 31, we've got Chase Edmonds. Number 32, we have Elijah Mitchell. Number 33 is Kareem Hunt. Number 34 is Devin Singletary. Number 35 is James Robinson. Number 36 is JD McKissick. I'll be honest, I don't even know what team he's on anymore. Michael Carter comes in for us at 37. And then ranked at <laughs> 9.8 millionth is Walker, the rookie from Seattle. So um, there's a couple names on here that are really interesting to me. These are guys, a lot of these guys are guys that would potentially benefit from injury of people they're sharing time with or ahead of them. Example, Devin Singletary. He's still in Buffalo, right? I didn't miss something there, did I? Yes, Buffalo. Yes. He's in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So he, there's a guy ahead of him that he's sharing time with. Kareem Hunt is behind Nick Chubb. Elijah Mitchell and Michael Carter are both in the same kind of setup. Which guy here are you most optimistic about? Like, this is like flyer range, right? This is where you're like, okay, I'm mid to late rounds. These are guys that I could use in a pinch, but there's also a chance that they break out. Since I want to start with you, who do you think has the most upside out of this grouping, the 31-plus grouping? It's like you said. I think it would be dependent upon one of these guys getting traded, which never happens, or someone they're sharing time with getting injured. Uh, Kareem Hunt, if Chubb were to get hurt, that would jump him way up high. Mm -hmm. uh, Damian Harris with the Patriots, if everyone he's, he's sharing time with because the Patriots like to use three or four running backs. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, he would be much higher if he were on a 1990 football team where he's just mm, run, true. run, run 30 times a game run. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you're, when you're reaching this point in the draft, you've got to be talking about this guy is probably going to be your fourth or fifth running back on your, on your roster. Mm -hmm. So my thinking is at that point, either look for the guy with the most touchdowns or look for the guy who's going to get the most uh, receptions per game. If you're in PPR, that's instant points. Right. All right, so before I jump to Craig with the same question, I just want to correct myself. I said Elijah Mitchell was on the same team as Michael Carter. For some reason, I Elijah Moore and Elijah Mitchell got switched in my head. Elijah Mitchell is obviously with the San Francisco 49ers, not with the New York Jets. Craig, same question. Who do you like on this list that could potentially have good value for you? Oh, man. So for me, it would probably be – it's a kind of a tie between Hunt and Singletary. Uh, I think both of them have huge, huge upsides to them, especially if you get them, mm -hmm. if you get them later. Uh, mm -hmm. Because if – you know, they're, already, they're sharing time, so they are going to play. But if the guy in front of them gets hurt, like they are the next man up. So right. you can not that you want to see anyone get hurt, but I'm just saying if you look at it um, or if you want to handcuff who, you know, who's ahead of them, then, you know, they would be the right people to get. But I think those two have the most upside out of the uh, everyone in that range. I would let agree me, with you let guys. Let me jump in. Let Please. me jump in for a quick second. Please. I, I have had Singletary in my dynasty league and he has had every opportunity where Moss has been hurt and he's the guy. And he's on a team that would rather have the quarterback run it in from the five <laughs> instead that. of handing it off. He doesn't get the touches. Stay away from Singletary. That, that's, you know, my, that's my 20 seconds. It's kind of like the same thing. You notice we, we talked about Henderson and Akers before. And I'm sitting here and I'm down on Akers, but I don't have Henderson in this, in this listing. And the reason being is very simply because every time Henderson has had the opportunity... And he's had the opportunity since he came back where he was going to be the guy when Akers was hurt. And the Rams were so disappointed what they saw that they went out and traded for Sony Michelle. So I, yeah, these, these guys are all a little bit of a reach for me. Honestly, I am not done with the Michael Carter experiment. For me, I, I don't know if Brees Hall is going to... Brees Hall is really, really freaking good. So it's probably going to be Brees Hall, the Brees Hall show. But if I'm looking for, if I'm looking late round and Michael Carter is still sitting there, I'm probably grabbing at him. So, all right, let's recap the list really quick, and then we're gonna go to final thoughts because, believe it or not, we're already out of time. 
The Fig Nuts consensus rankings are in order. Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook at five. Joe Mixon comes in at six. Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, and DeAndre Swift comes in at number 10. Leonard Fournette and Nick Chubb round out our RB1s with David Montgomery coming in as our first RB2 at number 13. James Conner, followed by Javante Williams, followed by Saquon Barkley, then Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott comes in at 18, and then Josh Jacobs at 19, and Travis Etienne rounds out our top 20. Cam Akers is at number 21. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is at number 22. J.K. Dobbins comes in at 23. Brees Hall at 24 rounds out the RB2s for us. Number 25 is A.J. Dillon, followed by Cordero Patterson, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, Damian Harris, and then Tony Pollard at 30. If you're still listening, because this is a long list and you're now in the dregs, Chase <laughs> Edmond comes out at number 31, Elijah Mitchell, Kareem Hunt comes out at 33, Devin Singletary comes in at number 34, James Robinson at 35, J.D. McKissick is at 36, Michael Carter is at number 37, and at 9,867,575th comes Walker, the rookie from Seattle. Before we go to final thoughts, I got one last question for you gentlemen. I want you to pick somebody. Oh, we're getting mic feedback. Yep. Everybody okay? I think Cinch is good Cinch? now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All good. I got mic feedback for a second. Okay. Last question before we go to final thoughts. Out, outside the top 20. So I'm talking about 20 and beyond. I'll make, it, I'll make it a little bit smaller just so it's probably a little bit easier to see. What one guy here is most likely to vastly outplay his ranking? And I'll start because I'm the, I, I, this, this popped in my head. The one guy on this list that we have ranked, we have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number 22. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I'm not going to say he's an RB1, but I think if he stays healthy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could knock at the RB1 door and, and possibly be a top 15 running back this year. I'm not calling it, but <laughs> he's definitely somebody I'm watching out there this year because I think there's a chance it could happen. What guy in these bottom like 20 people are you really looking at? This is a guy who could really outperform their ranking. Let's go to Craig first. Uh, so for me, as you know, if you listen to this, I was always a huge J.K. Dobbins fan until he got hurt. And then mm. seeing how the Ravens offense goes uh, with them just giving the ball to Lamar to do whatever he want, that kind of dropped me on Dobbins a bit fantasy-wise. But for me, I'm going to have to stick with the guy who I ranked higher is uh, Cordell Patterson. I just, like He is it in Atlanta right now. Uh, I think after last season, he kind of proved that, saying he can do, he can run and catch. Um, and then my second, my second vote uh, would be Tony Pollard. I think he's going to have a huge year as well. Sage, who's the guy who can outperform where we have him ranked? Craig turned into Sean and gave two opinions. Yes, he did. <laughs> give me, give me one name, Sean Craig. <laughs> All right, the correct answer here, yeah, is New York Jet Brees Hall. We have not seen him okay. in the NFL. If he is as good as some people like to say he is, he will be a top 10 running back. It seems as if he's already taken the job away from Michael Carter and he's mm. the starter. Yeah. So if that's the case, the Jets made uh, the Jets had a great draft. They, they, they got did. talent. They got more talent. I think they, they got had the sauce. best draft of anyone. <laughs> now that they have sauce, they'll be changing the name to Heinz Field. <laughs> Things are looking up. So how have they Reese not Hall. sold? How have they not? Re, how have they not sold the rights to like ragu or Prince Spaghetti <laughs> Sauce already? I mean, just they like, should. Maybe they're like, waiting for him to play one game in the NFL first. True. Yeah, I mean that. True. might yeah, that might be it. So, all right, gentlemen. Believe it or not, we are out of time. We're actually over time already, um, which is okay. It's okay. Again, most important episode of our year is running backs, and Sean wasn't here for it, which is a shame because he didn't get to tell us about Walker, the rookie from Seattle. <laughs> um, but uh, let's start. Let's start with our guest, Cinch. Cinch, what's your final thought on running backs, life in general, this episode? Go where you will. Well, my final thought on running backs: when you're drafting, you should be able to come up with two solid, you know what you're going to get kind of guys at running back. After that, don't be afraid to reach. If there's a rookie you like, if there's uh, a James White type, a, a PPR guy, 
who you know is going to get eight catches a game, even though he's not a, a real running back, don't be afraid to reach if there's a guy you'd like at running back as long as you have two or three guys ahead of him. Good point. Good point. Craig, what do you got for us? Uh, so for me, again, you really want to pay attention to running back because as you can probably tell from these rankings, there is going to be, fantasy-wise, there is going to be a bit of a drop-off. So I'm all for trying the zero RB RB thing, but definitely pay attention to who's left. Um, and also, I just want to mention that I did send Deb a picture of Carl uh, because I said Carl brought us the beer. She does not believe Carl is of age to buy a beer, and I said that he has an ID to prove it, even though it might be fake. Um, that's but that's about it. Listen, we're we're not in we're not in a position to question Carl's credentials or if he paid someone to do it for him. Um, I did not see Carl the cat possess the alcohol, so at no point do I think any laws were broken in Carl the cat giving us God. This donation has given us more trouble. Deb's been pissed off because we didn't acknowledge her first donation. Now this, now can a cat buy alcohol? I don't know. I just watched a video game online where a cat could utilize a backpack. So, <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I don't know what to tell you there. My, my final thought kind of goes off of both of your guys, which is the biggest mistake I think people make in season-long fantasy, and this is particularly with running back, is they think the draft wins them their league. This year, and our rankings show it, I guarantee you somebody that we have outside the top 20 ends up as an RB1. I'm willing to guarantee it because it's going to happen because injuries happen, teams change, priorities change, breakouts happen. You have to work your waiver wire. Draft smart, but do not be afraid to make a change if somebody gets injured and you have to pay attention. Pay attention. You can't always commit the extra slots on a roster towards a handcuff, but you got to know who your handcuffs are. You got to know where they are in your league. If you have, um, if you have, oh God, just Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know why his name just flew out of my head. If you got Ezekiel Elliott and you're not rostering Tony Pollard, you better damn well know who is because you might have to go and get him. And if he's not rostered, you need to know that too, because you're going to have to probably work the waiver wire for him. The biggest mistake people make, I think, is the biggest mistake is not paying attention to waiver wire. The second biggest mistake is thinking that the waiver wire only happens the first six weeks of the year. Leagues I have won are the leagues where I'm the only guy who can bid on somebody in week 10. Do not blow all of your budget. I hear this all the time. Oh, I blow 80% of my budget in the first seven weeks because that's where all the good players are. Great. When you've got $15 left and I've got all my money, all I need to do is bid $16 on the guy who's going to win me my league. Pay attention to the waiver wire and budget smart. Do you know what else is smart? Leaving us a review. It's the best thing you could do to help our small podcast grow. Whatever podcast directory you listen to us on, go there and leave us a review. We're on so many now, I stopped trying to list them. So please, leave us a review. Also, it's draft season. You got a question about your draft? You want to chat with us? You want to give us some ideas? You want to ask a question? Reach out to us. You can reach out to us at email. We are fignutsdfs at gmail.com. We are at fignutsdfs on Twitter. And we also have a page on Facebook, the Football Fignuts Podcast. I got an email from from, uh, Facebook this week saying, hey, there's been an increase in viewership on your page. I was like, oh, that's nice. It's draft season. I'm not shocked. (laughs) So please reach out to us in whatever way you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. We'd be happy to hear your questions. And just like that, gentlemen, another hour of our lives is gone. The the 2022 running back extravaganza is over, which puts us officially halfway through our ranking season. Next week, gird your loins and be prepared for the wide receiver conversation, which is always a problem because we rank about 73 of them and we never (laughs) get through the whole list. Which is fine. And then Sean will scream about value and how we need more wide receivers on our in oh, our rosters. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I don't have my phone with me, but I have rank, his rankings on my phone. But I'm sure there's somebody just identified by a last name like Davis on his <laughs> rankings, and I'm just gonna be like, is that Willie Davis? Is that Gabriel Davis? You know, God help us. You know what? The, the easy the, the easy one is gonna be Brown. Yes. Really, exactly. Marquise. I'm on Saint Ra. Pick one. Uh, Antonio? Are you really thinking AB's coming? <laughs> he might be. He might be. 
You never you know. know it him. would not put it past. It would not put past me if he was like, "Well, Antonio Brown might get his shit together." Okay, he might. I also <laughs> might get drafted, but that's a long shot. Hey, so. He does. He does have a rap album, so you know. He does. I wish him well with that. And we wish you all very well. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week. I want to thank Cinch, as always, for joining us for tonight. Thank you for allowing me to be- oh, join you. We really appreciate your insights. Uh, until next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. That's the Cinch, and we are the Football Thing Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb. Hi, <laughs> Deb.